Welcome to Sojourn Discipleship at Sojourn Community Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We are committed to helping you flourish with friends because life is too precious to waste. What's up, Sojourn family? Pastor Rusty here with month three of Sojourn Discipleship, where we are teaching you practices that we want you to live out together with your life groups. Today's practice is breath prayers. It's an amazing practice. I think you're going to enjoy it. Be sure also to check out the show notes for added resources. Sojourn, we hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for being here. We're glad that you're here, and we hope that you've been enjoying the past couple months thus far. So recap for us, right? Month one, we learned a rule of life, and this is an essential practice that helps us to live intentionally in our lives. It's, this, it's the foundation that we are doing everything else out of with Sojourn Discipleship. And it's, it's this way for us to make sure that we're abiding in and living from the love of Jesus so that we're then loving others. Last month, we talked about another essential practice, which is a weekly Sabbath. And if you remember, I encouraged you in your rule of life to put that weekly Sabbath under that rest category, right? This month, we're focusing on what I would argue is another essential practice. So this is a practice that we're going to say, we want you to keep this one on your rule of life, right? We would say this is so beneficial that you should keep it on uh, all year long. And this is going to go under your communion category in your rule of life, and it is the practice of breath prayers. So that is what we're talking about tonight. And when I say breath prayers, I'm referring to what the church has historically called, they've called them breath prayers, they've also called this contemplative prayer or centering prayer. This is a really old spiritual discipline that I want to be honest with you is probably going to be a little bit harder for you to actually practice, okay? This one's going to be more challenging, but I hope as we go through tonight, you're going to realize and come to a place of conviction that it's necessary, This is super necessary for us. So breath prayers, uh, for me personally, they have legitimately changed my life. I've been doing these since about 2018, and I can see the trajectory over time of how this has changed me into a more Christ-like person. So I'm a huge advocate of them. Because here's the deal. You can simplify your life with a rule of life. And please hear me, a rule of life should simplify your life in a lot of ways. If it's overly complicating it, you might want to rethink that with your life group, right? So it can, rule of life can simplify your life, and stopping work for a weekly Sabbath can be super helpful, but slowing down your activity does not slow down your mind necessarily. In fact, if you are addicted to activity, to accolades, or to accomplishments, then I would even argue that slowing down your pace will speed up your mind. Gunnar Gunderson uh, says it so well when he writes, when work is an idol, then rest will feel like sin. 
Isn't that so true, right? When we are overly addicted to activities, accolades, accomplishments, then stopping feels like it's wrong. And so our addiction to activity, accolades, and accomplishment, really all this boils down to we try to distract ourselves because ultimately we as people are really uncomfortable with silence. And this is where breath prayers can actually be a form of repentance for us. To say, I'm going to stop the activity, stop seeking accolades, stop seeking accomplishments. I'm going to sit in stillness before the Lord as a way to repent of the fact that I've made an, an idol out of activity and busyness. Breath prayers is about silence, but what I want you to hear tonight is it's more about learning, disciplining, training ourselves to sit in stillness, right? Silence and stillness are different. It is about silence, but it's more about stillness in the presence of the Lord, recognizing that in his presence there is fullness of joy. Psalm 16, 11, right? So let me describe for you now the mechanics of breath prayers, but then uh, really move on and spend the majority of our time tonight talking about the minutia of the challenge that we have when it comes to actually practicing this and also the benefits of of it. So first, the practice. Uh, we are encouraging you to incur incorporate 20 minutes a day for breath prayers into your rule of life. Now, if you're not doing this currently, if you've never done this before, 20 minutes a day at one time is going to be really hard. So I would actually encourage you to break it up into four groupings of five minutes throughout your day, right? And here's what we want you to do in that time. First, we want you to find a quiet place. Second, sit up tall, preferably. Uh, third, take deep, slow breaths. So concentrate on breathing deeply and slowly. Then we want you to focus on where you feel the breath in your body. That might be in your stomach, in your chest, in your throat, in your nose, um, in your nostrils, right? And then think about a word or a verse of Scripture as you're intentionally focusing on calm breathing. And then here's the important part. When your mind wanders, refocus on where you feel your breath, on the word that you're focusing on, or the verse that you're focusing on. Easy enough, right? Straightforward and simple, right? Wrong. This is terribly hard. I see people shaking their heads. This is a terribly hard practice for us to do. So I want to take the rest of our time. That's the mechanics. That's the how. That's simple enough. Let's talk about the challenges. Why is it hard? But also the benefits. Why is it good? Now, if you missed our sermon on breath prayers in our Artist Stability series, I'd encourage you to go back, check that out. Uh, that sermon, this talk, they complement one another. You can find that on our website. All right, so let's roll through some challenges and some benefits. So for a lot of us who grew up without more contemplative practices in our spiritual diet, the first challenge that you may face is we can be skeptical and we can be cynical of the practice in and of itself. Uh, specifically, we can carry a low-grade fear that we are co-opting uh, Eastern mystical practices where the goal is to empty your mind. So just to, you know, 
calm any fears that you have there. Uh, within church history, there is a long-standing tradition of breath prayer. So we shouldn't fear that we're piggybacking on Eastern mysticism or that we're even piggybacking on modern mindfulness practices. This practice is in fact the opposite of emptying your mind. It's in fact training your mind. It's disciplining your mind to focus on what is true, what is noble, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable, to focus on all of those things that Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 commands us to focus on. So breath prayers is an attempt to actually get more than your mind involved in prayer and to holistically experience God's presence. So, yes, we focus our thoughts on truth during breath prayers. We also want to pay attention to what emotions arise as we process those truths. And then finally, we want to pay attention to the sensations that we feel in our bodies. All of this, again, is an attempt to train our minds, to discipline our minds to be more present in the moment. And who of us would not benefit <laughs> from learning how to be more present in any given moment, specifically to be present with Jesus, right? So this leads us to the first benefit of breath prayers, which is breath prayers are a way, not the only way, but they are a way to practice the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That is a holistic, whole person loving of God, you're literally setting aside time to bring your whole self into loving attention on God. You're inviting Jesus into these sacred, quiet moments that he might reveal himself to you, and you're asking the Holy Spirit to pour out the love of the Father into your heart, as Romans chapter 5, verse 5 tells us that he will do. All right, so second challenge uh, that we have when it comes to breath prayers is we are busy and we are distracted. Oh, goodness, it can be deeply, and you know this, it can be deeply frustrating when you attempt to calm your soul in the presence of the Lord the way that Psalm 131 commands us to do, when, when you are attempting with everything within yourself to calm your soul and you got the monkey mind right? You know what I mean? We're like, you're trying to calm yourself in the presence of the Lord, and your mind is just distracted, and it's all over the place. It can be frustrating. We can become very critical, very judgmental of ourselves, and we can throw up our hands and say, I'm done doing this, and I'm not going to try again, right? But we should not be surprised that we struggle with this. There's actually a reason that we struggle with distractions. Research shows that many of our devices are training our minds to be distracted and to be addicted, right? So technology actually taps into something deeply profound about your brain. God has made your brain to be both flexible and adaptable. 
So neurobiologists, uh, they call this neuroplasticity, which is a really fun word. And what this means is that anytime you do something, your brain is connecting brain cells together. And the more you do that activity, your brain actually creates what neurobiologists call a rut or a neural groove. And when you add pleasure into the mix, then that groove goes deeper, faster. So for example, when you are um, scrolling through your social media feed, or when you click watch next on your streaming platform, or you don't click anything and you just let it go on to the next one, right? Or, you know, if we could be more serious, when you look at a man or a woman with lust, or you take that to the next extreme of looking at pornography, your brain in that moment is creating what is called a neural pathway, a neural groove that is providing you relief in the moment and pleasure in the moment. So then the next time that you desire relief or pleasure, which is not a bad desire, that's a God-given desire, right? The next time you God-givenly desire relief or, or pleasure, your brain then says, hey, I know the way to get to that. I've got this pathway where I can help you get your fix. And then we find ourselves more inclined to do that same activity again. Here's the point. We behave our way into habits. I don't think any of us in this room would argue with that, you know, at this point. Like, we all know there's a certain amount of time of doing something where you then form a habit, right? We behave our way into habits. Here's a thought that might be a little new for you, though. Habits reinforce desire. So we behave our way into a habit, but then the more we live out that habit, what is happening in your brain is that the desire to do that activity is increasing. So when it comes to spiritual disciplines in general and breath prayers specifically, right, when you start this practice, it's going to be hard for you because you're not going to experience the relief and the pleasure initially that you experience from scrolling through your social media feed, right? That's more of an instant addictive fix. Whereas over time, here's the good news, you can unlearn because your brain is malleable. You've got this neural plasticity going on. You can unlearn unhealthy ways of fulfilling desires, and you can learn new ways of healthy fulfillment. And this is why every time when the Bible tells you to put off the old man with its sinful desires, it doesn't stop there, right? God in his wisdom led the, the authors of the Bible to go a step farther and say, put off the old way and put on the new way of the Spirit. So we just have to recognize everything in our information age is trying to distract and hook you with pleasure, and our minds are overloaded. So no wonder we're experiencing an increase in anxiety and in depression. So this actually, you know, that sounds like bad news, but this actually leads us to that second benefit, which is 
we can learn a new way of being calm in a chaotic world. Psalm 46 is such a beautiful psalm when it comes to this, right? If you guys remember Psalm 46, the the majority of the psalm is talking about how the world is literally falling down around the psalmist. (laughs) The world is crashing down. And what's the solution that we see in Psalm 46.10? Be still in the midst of the world crashing down, right? Be still and know that God is God. So sitting for 20 minutes a day, especially at first, may feel a little bit like dying. And that's actually not really being too melodramatic. (laughs) There's actually some truth in that. Because again, neurobiologists, when they talk about um, the creation of new neural pathways, they actually use language, they're not Christians, but they actually use language, or at least not all of them, uh, they actually use language of from death to life. And they talk about how the old neural pathway has to die so that a new one might be born. So practicing sitting in in stillness in God's presence is truly a modern day application of Romans chapter 12 verse 2, right? Where it tells us, do not be conformed by this world. Don't let the world shape the way you think, the way you feel, what you desire, or what you do. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Okay, third, final, biggest challenge to us not doing breath prayers is we are scared to sit by ourselves (laughs) with God and with ourselves. Many of us, many of you, you know the truth in your minds that God loves you but you struggle to believe this truth. So yes, while a skepticism and while busyness and distractions, while those things keep us from practices like breath prayers, the deeper obstacle is your fear. We can even say the deeper obstacle is your shame and it's your guilt. Because the moment you get quiet, that fear, shame, and guilt gets loud. And we begin to ask questions before we even try the practice like, will God show up? Will God take care of me in this moment? Will he even care? Will he be kind? And we derail ourselves before we even try. These are our deeper challenges. Here's the tricky part of it, though. The only way for us to overcome this challenge is to face our fear with courage. I mean, don't miss the paradox here, the irony here. Fear keeps us from trying the practice. The way we overcome the fear is by doing the practice. (laughs) And it's as we faithfully trust the Lord and we try and we do it again and again and we're like, oh, there was a lot of noise in my head or oh, I was kind of bored. It's as we keep pressing in and we begin having positive experiences that 
God can actually change the way we view breath prayers. They're no longer viewed as scary, but they're viewed as a refuge in a chaotic world. So here's what will happen. You know, you'll do this worst-case scenario. You do have a lot of chatter, a lot of negative, critical talk in your mind, or you're just really distracted. But if you stick with it, worst-case scenario, you actually will calm down, at least some, because that's how God's wired you. (laughs) He's wired you this way. Best-case scenario is you press into this, and you experience personally experience the deep love that the Father has for you as the Holy Spirit pours His love into your heart. And this leads us to the third benefit, which is God becomes our refuge. God becomes our refuge. The more we take refuge in God, I mean, this is a practical way to take refuge in God. The more we take refuge in God, the more we experience Him, not as a past tense Savior, but the more we experience Him as an ever-present help in need. Now, I think you can probably tell that I am a huge proponent for this spiritual (laughs) discipline, uh, and I think it can do wonders for your life. I think this can change your life, actually. But I don't want you to hear that breath prayers is a quick fix for your anxiety. It will help you with your anxiety, but it's not a quick fix for your anxiety. We all need to own and realize that this is the kind of practice where it's going to take you a year, five years, or let's be honest, it'll take you probably a decade of doing this 20 minutes a day for this to literally change you. But if you'll be faithful, if you'll keep pressing into practicing and enjoying the presence of the Lord, you'll be a completely different person. You'll become the person you want to be. (laughs) So hear me, don't give up, right? Help each other in your life groups not to give up. Keep pressing in, keep pressing after it. So wrapping up, We all want to be calmer people who are more present to God, to others, who enjoy the good in our lives rather than fixating on all the negative stuff in our life, right? You want that. I want that. Your neighbors want that. We all want that. Breath prayers is a way to get there. They can provide for you a deeper connection to God, which will then unleash you (laughs) into the world with a fierce love of Christ. But I, I've tried to be clear, and I hope you've heard, this practice is hard. This practice is hard work. And oftentimes, uh, we just don't know how to do it, right? And sometimes when we don't know how to do something, that keeps us from trying even to begin with. So part of what we want to do within Sojourn Discipleship is share practices with you, but also share resources that can help. So I'm going to share two, and the links to these, they'll be in the show notes of the podcast. They'll also be on the website, so you can be sure to check those out. should be up tomorrow uh, or the next day at some point. So the first one is John Eldridge has created an app, a free app called Pause, okay? Pause. And this app teaches you 
uh, really is a, a guiding and a teaching you how to do uh, fixed breath prayers. He has set fixed breath prayers on there that you can do. And this, this really is a great app for giving you kind of the, the foundations of contemplative or breath prayers, all right? And I would highly encourage it, especially if you dive into some of the other resources within the app. Super helpful stuff. Um, I use it semi-regularly, and I really love it. The reason I use it semi-regularly is because it's fixed breath prayers, and so that equals a lot of repetition, and sometimes I get bored, and I need something a little fresh and different to stay engaged. And because of that, and also because I believe in the transformative power of this practice so much, I've actually created a resource that's free. It's a weekly newsletter called Pause to Reset. And what I'm doing in this newsletter is guiding you in really three movements, all right? The first movement is, is guiding you to pay attention to God with a different breath prayer every week. The second movement is with a question or two, it invites you to process and pray with Jesus about what's going on in my inner world. And then the third movement is there's a question or two where you pray and you process with Jesus, okay, now as I leave this time, how do I prepare to love others in a different way? And that's really ultimately what this practice boils down to. Yes, we're encouraging you to 20 minutes a day for seven days a week, but we don't want it to stay there, right? This practice, it can change your life because it can settle your soul in Jesus more than it already is. It can ground you even deeper in your identity in Christ, that you are the beloved of God. And then it can enable you not just to keep that experience there, but to carry your identity as the beloved of God into the world where you can be more loving in a healthier, less reactive way. All right, folks, there you have it. Over the next month, we would love for you to live out this practice with your life group. And to help you do that, be sure to check out the show notes where you'll find the scripture for reflection, life group questions for this month, and some other suggested resources. Sojourn, enjoy the process, and peace be with you.